like to welcome everybody to Sunday School. We have a great crowd. I'm thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful for the kids' choir. Um, we was thinking how thankful we are that um, we have a friend that will stick us closer to their brother. And we had uh, Girls' Day and Guys' Day yesterday, and our lesson was on friendship. And I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful to be here. I'm just thankful. I'm excited for what the Lord's got in store for us today. Will us lead dismiss the Sunday School. appreciate being in God's house and uh, I got I got here at church this morning started to get out of the car and didn't have my Bible I left it laying on the table at home but that's neither here nor there uh, our, our lesson this morning's in the seventh chapter of the book of Ezra and uh, Ezra just a little short book 10 chapters and uh, but it covers a, a long time in history uh, Jeremiah preached to Judah I don't know how long a long time tried to get them to repent finally told them they was going into bondage in Babylon for 70 years and uh so Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Jerusalem, carried them away captive, and uh, 70 years later, God's, uh, you can read, read over in the book of Isaiah, and I don't, I probably had it wrote down at home, but it's in, it's in Isaiah, the, Isaiah prophesied about Cyrus letting, it, letting them go back home. I can't quote it, but, uh, God showed Isaiah and even told him the king's name that was going to let him go. And that was uh, probably a couple hundred years before it happened. I don't know exactly. I, I had it figured up, but I forgot it. But anyway, it was a, it was a pretty good ways, pretty good time before it happened that Isaiah prophesied that. Well then, it was about Close to 70 years, 
that they'd been down there when Cyrus defeated the Babylonians and took over the kingdom. And uh, the, one of the first things he'd done was make a decree, a de decree that all the, all the uh, Judeans or the Israelites that wanted to was of a free will mind to, it says something on that order, could go back and, and, and rebuild the temple and so on and so forth, rebuild the city. They could go back home if they wanted to. So there was a crowd of them went back. And, uh, uh, and they, they started, shortly after they got back, they started rebuilding the temple. And uh, uh, one of my, probably, this, this don't fit in a lesson necessarily, but it's one of my favorite scriptures. When they, when they laid the foundation of the house of the Lord, the Bible said the people shouted with a great shout because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. And uh, people have been shouting in the church ever since they've been a church. But anyway, that's kind of off the lesson a little bit. Uh, anyway, they, they went back home. <clears throat> and if, if you just read, like I said, this is a little short book. And if you just read through it, it sounds like a, a lot of these things happen just one day after the other or something. But if you, if you follow the history of when these, when these kings, they, now they, they, they tell you when things happened by who was king and what year it was and so on. And uh, uh, so they were there about 70 years when, they, when Cyrus let them go. Well, then when Ezra went back, now, Ezra was a priest, and we'll get into that in a minute. Ezra was a priest and a scribe and a man of God, but Ezra probably wasn't even born when them people went back to Judah. Because if you, if you read the history, line up, line up the dates when those kings were in power, and the ones, the ones Cyrus let the first group go, and Artaxerxes, if that's the right pronunciation, let the last group go, and that was about, or let, he did let the last group go, but that wasn't this one. He let Ezra and them go, and that was about 80 years after them first group went back. So these people, these people were born down in Babylon. Actually, most of the first group probably were born in Babylon because they'd been down there 70 years. They was, a few of them went back, and I can show you that, but in that same scripture where I was talking about they shouted with a great shout, it said that the old men, and I can't quote that exactly, but i just give you the context, said the old men that remembered the temple as it was in the old days were crying tears of joy because they remembered how it was and, and seen how it was going to be now. I, I, that's just more or less what they was talking about. But so they were some of them come back that was carried captive down there. But there was a lot of them that was born in captivity. 
And that, that would have been Ezra because it was, what, 160 years when Ezra come back to Judah, it was 160 years after they was carried captive. But the thing of it is, the people that stayed down in Babylon, when the first group came home, stayed there because they wanted to. Because he gave them a choice. And uh, and it don't it don't tell you nothing that I know of anyway about them having church or, or having a uh, a temple of any kind down there. But I guarantee you they was having church somewhere. Now their church a little different than ours, but they was having church somewhere. They was doing their they was doing their sacrifices. If you if you remember the these people were building were building the temple and the people that lived around them was giving them a hard time trying to stop them. And they sent a letter to the king uh, saying, if you let these people build their temple, said they're going to they're gonna rebel against you. He said, you look it up in the archives and see what they've done in the past. Well, the king stopped it. He looked it up and said, yeah, they've, they've had some powerful kings and so on. And, and he stopped the work on the house of the Lord. And it stayed stopped for a while. And then the Jews sent a letter to him and had him look where Cyrus said they could go back and rebuild the temple. And, and he told them to go ahead and, and, and sent a letter, said, don't nobody get in their way. said, if they need anything, you give it to them. And uh, so he, our Texas had a change of heart somewhere somewhere in all, all that time because he was he was against them to start with a little bit but uh when when Ezra got ready to leave he he loaded him up gave him everything he needed for his trip and and gave him all the all the things that was left that that they'd carried away into Babylon, uh, and he carried all that stuff back uh, to Jerusalem with him. But now, <clears throat> let me let me read get on this lesson now. Seventh chapter of the book of Ezra. Now, after these things, in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra the son of Sarah. Sariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, and, and I don't know if I can quote all these names, but I'll, I'll try to read through them, and then I'll talk about it. The son of Shalun, the son of Zadok, the son of Ahitub, the son of Amariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Miriah, uh, Miraiath, I, don't, I probably didn't get that right, but the son of Zerahiah, the son of Uzziah, the son of Bucky, the son of Abisha, 
the son of Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the chief priest. And uh, so they was, uh, Ezra was establishing his right, really. He's letting, he's letting us know. Now the people back there probably all knew it, but he put it in here to let us know that he had a right to be a priest in Israel because he, he was in the lineage of Aaron. And that's where the priesthood was. And uh, now uh, the Bible said we were all priests and kings unto God. If you've been saved by the grace of God, you've, you've got a right. Now the, the priests the priests come with the offering. They, they made the offering. The people brought their offering to the house of God, and the priests took it and offered it for them. And uh, I, I will say this. And I, I, believe pe I believe people back here were saved just like I am. They worship different, but I believe they had the same salvation. And they got it the same way I did. But they, they had their form to go through, and, and there's a lot of churches right now, I'm, and even, even missionary Baptist churches, that worship a little bit different. Uh, have a different little form they go through or whatever. Nothing wrong with that, as long as a person's heart's in it toward God. And uh, so he was he was establishing his right to be the priest because of his lineage, and uh, I couldn't when. When God called me, I'd like to have been able to said, look, look what, where I'm at, what I've done, how good I am. I'd like to have been able to said that and, and got out of the, having to come to the altar. I'd, I didn't want to go to the altar at all. Uh, but eventually... I got around to it. I don't. I don't want need to go through the whole story. But eventually, I got around to it, and God saved me. And uh, and He made me. When He saved me, and you made us priests and kings unto God. I can. Uh, there's a scripture in the Bible. I believe Jesus said, "When you when you go to the altar." And, and offer to offer your gift. I, I may not quote that exactly right, but to offer your gift. And there remember that thy brother hath an ought against you. Go be reconciled to your brother and then go offer your gift. So we can, we, we can bring our gift now. We can bring our gift to the house of God. Just got a thought on that. The Bible said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
That's the gift we need to bring to the house of God. And that's the gift we need to be offering God every day of our life, whether we can make it to the house of God or not. Now, some of the, some of the greatest times, and I, I can talk from experience, and I bet everybody here could probably say the same thing, and maybe even a lot better than I could, but some of the greatest blessings I've ever gotten in my life was when I was, just, I was alone with just me and the Lord. And one of them was this morning. I was, trying, I was praying before I come to church, and God blessed me. Uh, I don't know why, but he did. But God, God will bless us if we, if we make our offering like we ought to, if we present our bodies a living sacrifice, here I am, do like Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. That's a, that's a hard one to do. Right out of your heart. I've said it before, and then when God sent the word, I said, no, nah, that wasn't what I wanted. Uh, but what God wants us to do is important, or he wouldn't, te- he wouldn't tell us to do it. There, God has no unimportant jobs. We might think, we might think what we're doing is just a little and it's unimportant, don't matter. If God, if God commissioned it, it matters. And the first the first thing God commissioned for me after I got saved, and I've told this a lot of times, but uh, I wasn't crazy about going to church before I got saved. Mom and Dad brought us when they was coming all the time, but and I didn't like it. But the morning I got saved, got saved on a Sunday morning. And I couldn't hardly wait for Sunday night to come to get back to church. And I couldn't tell you how long I stayed that way. I mean, it was just, I couldn't wait for the next church time. And when, I'll say, I'll throw this in for what it's worth. I hope, I hope everybody else feels the same way. When, when I've been where I ought to be, close to the Lord as I need to be, that's the way I am now. And uh, I, a lot of times, and but when I'm not that way, you know, you get down in the valley and you drag in the bottom and you ain't got much zeal for nothing. You got to pull, pull up your, as this old saying goes, pull up your bootstraps and go on. He told us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. Forsake not. And the only time you're going to even be tempted to forsake is when you're down in the valley and things ain't going real good, and then you're tempted to stay home or whatever. you gotta, you got to just stand up and, and be counted, be what's... Be what you're supposed to be for God. 
And did you ever, I'm sure everybody here has done this, did you ever come to church when you really, in, in your flesh, you really didn't want to, something wasn't right, the devil was giving you a hard time or whatever, and you didn't really want to come to church, and then you get here, and the Lord fill your cup up and run it over. He's a good paymaster. He'll, he'll bless you. You do just a little bit for God, and he'll do a whole lot for you. If, if I had it to do right now, looking back on the morning I got saved, I, I was, it was in a little block building over on Albert Street. I was standing maybe three or four seats back over on this side. And it looked like a, a long walk up to the altar. And I was standing holding on to the back of the seat and the preacher was making the altar call. I was looking him right in the eye. I didn't want him to know what kind of shape I was in. I was trying to, I was putting on, keeping my face straight, doing all I could. But I, didn't, I had no intention of coming up to the altar. But when I did, looking back at it now, it don't seem like it was that far. Things, as soon as I took a step, uh, all that fear was gone and, uh, and been gone ever since. But, and, but now if I had it to do, it, no, it ain't no big deal. If I was standing back there and wanted to be up here, I'd just get up and come up here. But uh, if, if, God's, if God's putting something on you to do, then the devil's going to be there telling you no or fighting you. Anyway, so they, uh, he, was a, he was a descendant of Aaron. This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given and the king granted him all his request according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. And uh, the king, I believe, I believe the king had took notice of the power of God that was in Ezra. And uh, you remember when, when Jonah went to Nineveh? Same country, I think. But uh, he went down there and they all repented. 120,000 people. They all repented. So there, for a while anyway, I don't know about now, but for a while, God had, God had some people in Nineveh. Now after, after I, believe, I believe this, after Judah was down in Babylon. I believe when they left there, they left the church there. Now, I don't know about now, but they, I believe they left the church there because them kings, every one of them, if you, if you read the history, every one of them, by the time uh, they got down to the end of their reign, they was talking about the God of Israel being the God. And uh, so... Somebody in that crowd was living for the Lord. 
Now they they were some they was a bunch of scoundrels that went down there, but they was a bunch of God's people that went with them. I can name you three or four. Ezekiel went. He was a priest when he went down there, and God called him to be a prophet. Daniel went, and the three Hebrew children, and you all know them stories. So God had some people down there, and they lived for the Lord in, in, in the face of all kinds of problems. And here in this country, we think, we think sometimes we got some problems, what kind of problems have I ever had in my life? Some of the, compared to what people had back here, very minor. God's blessed me ever, ever since I was born. It, well, way before I was born, because he, he had my life planned out for me before I was ever thought of by anybody besides him. I believe God had it all already fixed that Flavus Ash was going to stand on that Sunday morning in 1956 and preach the gospel to me. God, God, I believe God had that fixed before the foundation of the world. And he knew. He knew I was going to get saved too. And he's blessed me. And I, I say this over and over and over, but it'll never be said enough, God's blessed me beyond measure. The greatest blessing of all is salvation. There's nothing. That's the best thing ever happened to me. I'll say it that way. Okay. So Ezra went up from Babylon. He was a ready scribe in the law of Moses. And uh, there's a scripture, and I think I quoted it last week. In the first chapter of the book of Psalms, it said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, Ezra had been down in that country all of his life, but God put it on him to go back to Jerusalem. He gave him a job to do. And uh, he did. I've often thought these people were there all their life. He was born he was born down there. He lived there all his life. And uh, God God told him to pick up stakes and move, go to Jerusalem. And uh, that'd be a hard move to make if you'd lived somewhere all your life. Uh, I would think. But God told him to. And he was already he, the Bible said he was a ready scribe. He, he was well gifted in the law of Moses. And he was a priest. He knew the scriptures. And uh, so he, he was a man of God. And when God called him to do something, he, he done it. 
Now, he wasn't there. I, I don't know about his life, but I know he wasn't perfect. But, uh, but he was a good man. Anybody got anything? And the king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. Now, the apostles one time, some of the people, I can't even remember where it's at, but some of the people took note that they'd been with Jesus. And if, if, we, if we do our part and the hand of the Lord's on us, like it was on Ezra, and you might say, well, he was a priest and a, uh, a scribe. Uh, we're priests and kings unto God, and the Bible told every one of us, study to shew thyself approved, a workman unto God that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's every one of us' job. That's, where, that's how Ezra got where he was at being a scribe, studying, And he got studying got him in, in a more important job. And uh, I've heard way back when I was young, I, I've heard people kind of joke about they didn't want to learn too much because God might give them a harder job. And uh, that's, that's the absolutely wrong attitude. God, God can't give us a harder job than Jesus had. And what Jesus done for me, I, David, David asked the question, so what, what can I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? And uh, we, can't, we can't give God nothing that will compare to what he's given us. But he said, I'll take, the, I'll take the cup of salvation. He said, I'll, I'll take what God gave me, and I'll pay my vows now in the presence of all his people. How many of us, and I, you don't need to answer this. I, I, I probably know the answer. How many of us has said over and over again in our life, Lord, if you will help me now, I'll do anything you want me to. I've done that. I couldn't tell you how many times. And I know God don't bargain, but that's that's just that's just the way we are. That's human nature, I guess. But uh, uh, but God God will help us in any any situation. And. Uh, So he, he recognized the hand of the Lord that was on Ezra and then went up some of the children of Israel and of the priests and the Levites and the singers and the porters and the Nethanims unto Jerusalem in the seventh year of our as the king. Now, if, if there hadn't been a church down there, they wouldn't have had no need for all these people. They wouldn't have had no singers or or all these people to go back to Jerusalem. And uh, the, the Nethanims 
uh, that, that was a group of people that was appointed by David to work in the temple to help the Levites. And I don't know what all they've done, but that's, that's the gist of what I could understand out of that. That's who they were. So they, he was taking people back to Jerusalem. They was getting the temple built, and he was taking people back to Jerusalem for the service of the tabernacle. The priests, the Levites, the singers, everyone that was needed for the service of the, of the tabernacle. And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. And they left, they left down uh, in Babylon. They left on the first, first day of the first month. So they were, they were four months on the road. And uh, guy in the commentary in the Sunday school quarterly said that probably making about nine miles a day. And that seemed to me like to be awful slow, but uh, I don't have to walk it. <laughs> but uh, So we, we don't have to, when God calls us to do something, we don't have to get out and go walking now. I remember, I remember people telling me, and I don't remember this because uh, I might have been there, but I don't remember. Uh, down, down in Kentucky, people down on Clear Creek or around that territory, people walking to church. And uh, they told me my grandpa would go come right out of the field and get his lantern and head for the church to have church. And uh, and for a long time, Siegel was telling me, and I, maybe my mom too, I don't remember. Long, for a long time, he was the only adult that went. And uh, he'd go over there and, and sing a song and have prayer, maybe read a scripture with a bunch of young people, and they, he was the only adult there. Uh, but they, all them young people saved about it that I know of, and a bunch of them, there's a bunch of them that God called to preach out of that crowd. And uh, so what, what God gives you to do, the Bible said, do with thy might. There's no power in a device, and I can't quote that, but in the grave where thou goest, do what you can while you can, and do it with everything you got. Because the time's coming, you ain't going to be able. Jesus told Peter that. He said, one of these days, uh, another will gird you and take you whether you wouldn't. In other words, you won't be able to decide for yourself or to, or to do it for yourself. So when, when that time comes, when that time comes, look back at your life. Say, Lord, I've done my best. 
And I hope we can say that. I, I couldn't say that right now if I had to, because I failed more, more than anybody. But we need to try the very hardest we can to do our part for Jesus so we can be a help to somebody. We've got people... We've got people here in this church that I've prayed for for years, and I'd like to see them saved. I've got family that I'd like to see in church. They all they all say they've been saved, and I'd like for them to act like it. But anyway, I've been there and done that too, I guess. But... Uh, Well, he came in the fifth month. For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon, and on the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. And uh, if you trust, if God gives you something to do, I guarantee you. And God... My guarantees ain't that great, but God's already made the guarantee. If he's give you a job to do, he's going to help you do it. If, if Now, there's some qualifications in that. We need to humble our heart. I can't, you can't, you can't do nothing for God if, you, if you're kind of, in the back of your mind thinking, look how good I've done. If I, if I get that thought in my head, I might as well stay in my seat. I've done that once. Now, maybe more than once, but I know one time for sure. I hadn't been saved long. And we was having prayer meeting in people's houses about every night. And I was going to all of them. I, I hadn't been saved long, and I was, I was up on cloud nine. Uh, and uh, all them guys, of course, I was, I was just a kid, so all them old guys bragging on me, patting me on the back, and and uh, I got where I couldn't, I couldn't pray, couldn't get a hold of nothing. And I told Clyde Penland at a prayer meeting one night, I said. I don't know what's wrong with me. He said, I can't, I can't even pray. He said, maybe you got exalted. And he, he was laughing when he said that. But that's exactly where I was at. I got to thinking, I got to believe in what some of them guys was telling me. And uh, so we, get, we need to keep ourselves humble before God if we're going to do anything for him if we're going to do our job. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. He prepared his heart for the job that God gave him. And he was doing it. If we're not careful... We might prepare our heart to do our job and then kind of sit down and not, not want to do it. And it's, it's not easy 
all the time to do your job for God. Sometimes it's a struggle. And sometimes, sometimes the devil will fight you. Well, all the time. He don't quit. Uh, the devil will fight you, and then sometimes some of you people, even, or people you love. And uh, so it's, it's not always easy. But it's always, I'll tell you what, Peter said it was joy unspeakable and full of glory. You, you humble your heart and follow God and do your job, and there's nothing no more joyful than that. He'll fill your heart up, he'll fill your cup up and run it over. And sometimes all you got to do is get on your knees and pray. Anybody else got anything? Go down to the 23rd verse. I ain't got much time left, so. Whatsoever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be diligently done for the house of the God of heaven. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? And uh, that was Artaxerxes the king. And he was given commandment that everything be done to, to fix up the house of God and to have the services they were supposed to have. And because uh, he, he had a, sounds like he had a fear of God, the beginning of wisdom, fear of God's the beginning of wisdom. And uh, so God got a hold of him somewhere along the line. Sounds like. And uh, so he had a little fear of God. Also, we certify you that touching any of the priests and Levites, singers, porters, Nethanims, or ministers of the house of God, it shall not be lawful to impose toll, tribute, or custom upon them. And uh, I believe I believe that uh, that was kind of a a custom in Babylon anyway. They'd uh, and I read that in in some of the commentary that they uh, even even some of the idol gods they didn't they didn't make their priests and so on pay any custom or whatever. But I believe I believe this fellow was. I believe he believed that God was a real thing. I don't know if he got saved or not, but I believe he had that in his head. And now, Ezra, after the wisdom of thy God that is in thine hand, set magistrates and judges, which may judge all the people that are beyond the river, all such as know the laws of thy God, and teach ye them that know them not. We've got a job to do. And uh, God's, God's already got us set in the building where he, where he wants us. I believe when we get saved, God, 
God's got a little spot in the building for every one of us. And he puts us right where he wants us. And he gives us our job to do. Now, I'm going to have to quit. But uh, he gives us our job to do. Maybe we don't know it right off. He told Jeremiah, he said, now before you was born, I knew you. And, I, and he said, I uh, ordained, ordained you a, a prophet to the nations. That was before he was ever born. I may not have quoted that exactly right, but that's, I think that's about the first part of the book of Jeremiah somewhere. And, uh, but Ezra, Ezra had a job to do, and he done it. We've got a job to do here this morning. Let's do it.